Hi, Bobby here. You know, the geek guru. The guy that Chelsea Capri hates. Yeah, well, I'm just sitting here and I'm taking a poo. <laughs> and I decided to write a review on my favorite podcast, We The GamerCast, with Sean Capri. You know, you should listen in as well. I think you should probably write your own review while you're taking a poo. I think Sean would like that. I have a tickle in my throat, and welcome to episode 27 of a brand new rebooted We The Gamer cast that's hosted by WeTheNerdy.com. I am not going back to edit that. That is hilarious. <laughs> this show publishes on iTunes every Monday and wherever else you get your podcasts and put it into your eardrums. It happens on Monday, so happy Monday, guys. If you're listening, the day it launches, I hope you're having a great start to... You know what? This is a really good start to the week. It's We The Gamer Cast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and rating us on iTunes, and thank you for sharing. I've heard amazing stories of people going on the bus and just telling the bus driver, Hey, do you mind doing me a favor and tell everybody to listen to We The Gamer Cast? You know who you are. Thank you guys. So if you're new, if this is the first time you've listened to the show, I'll tell you what we do. Every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet and we talk about video games and we learn just a little bit about each other. And if you want to be on the show, one thing, I want to point this out guys, uh, a lot of people that I have on the show have their own podcast and, and this week is no different, but it is not required. This is not a a podcast only. Uh, one of my favorite episodes was with Kaylee Woomer. Another great episode was with Greg Kozlowski. Uh, I mean, how many other shows? Guys, not everybody has a podcast, and sometimes those are even the best shows. They're all... <laughs> this is me being very Canadian and diplomatic. Everybody is great, and everything is awesome. Uh, so if you want to be on the show, even if you don't have a podcast, even if you do have a podcast, tweet at me, at Sean Capri. Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. And uh, I I have a few weeks here, guys, that are going to be pretty exciting. I've, I've got some guests lined up that I, I don't want to jinx, but um, some people who also have their own show, who I've been listening to for many years, we're, we're lining some things up. And of course, E3, it is now May, so E3 is around the corner, and we will be doing prediction shows. I will be having some guests come back, just lining up a couple of scheduling things, making sure we can make things work, but look forward to some ridiculous E3 predictions, especially on the Nintendo side. I mean, like, what are we even going to do about this? They've basically, I want, Nintendo basically just said, don't do an, (laughs) don't do an E3 predictions episode. They've told us what will be there and what will not be there. So we know NX isn't coming there and we know we're going to get a whole lot of Zelda so we're going to have to get a little creative on the Nintendo side, but look forward to that. I love predictions. I love just hearing people's rationale behind why they think something is going to going to happen and that moment where you know when you're listening to something and they're like that actually makes a lot of sense. 
you know what? But then it never happens. <laughs> it's so weird. Sometimes you'll hear these predictions and go, yes, all those reasons, that all makes sense. That's definitely going to happen. It sounds like a no-brainer. And then, of course, we get totally blindsided by something probably less extravagant. <laughs> but that's okay. That's why it's so much fun. Thank you again, guys, for being here. Um, last week, I had Justin Masson from the Nintendo Dads. And what a special episode that was. I, I have uh, something to share with you guys. But one other thing, uh, we recorded that episode a little early, um, mostly just for scheduling on, on my end. I appreciate Justin working around that. Uh, two things. One, I made a Prince reference. I don't know if anybody caught it, and I felt horrible about it. I called Bobby the, the artist formerly known as the Geek Guru. Uh, and then, obviously, we heard the devastating news about Prince. And then we talked about the NX. <laughs> so I basically baited Justin into making a whole bunch of, I don't know if we call them predictions, but just basically like what we would do and that sort of thing. And then all the shenanigans happened. You've probably heard all about that by now. I won't go into it too much. You can also go find out more at uh, my other show with Bobby the Nintendo Guru, If We Ran Nintendo. We dive into that there. So go check that out. It's a, it's a fun time. But last week's show was super special. Uh, because Justin shared an incredible story about a gift from his dad. And if you listen to the show, you know, I, a few of you tweeted at me and, and said how incredible that was to you. So I wanted to, I wanted to share that with everyone. And Justin, if you're listening as well, uh, just know that a lot of people really appreciated that you shared that. Um, so if you didn't listen to it, go back. It's really incredible, and I'm truly humbled just to even have been a part of it. It's one of my favorite parts of doing the show is, I don't know, we kind of just start by talking about playing video games, and next thing we know, we're we're diving deep. And uh, it doesn't always happen that way. Don't really, That's not my expectation, but I I appreciate that. This is something, this is, this is almost like a little bit of, I don't want to say therapy, maybe therapy. It's It's therapeutic, that's for sure. It's nice to just kind of get together with somebody and talk about the things that we obsess over. So, uh, it's good for me. And I, I know that some people after they're, after we finish, they'll, they'll tell me, I can't, I've never told anybody that before. And that's my, that's amazing. That is just incredible. So if you, if you like this show, go back. My episode last week with Justin was incredible. And, uh, yeah, it's all, maybe don't go too far. No, go all the way back to Seamus. <laughs> What's up, Seamus? Go all the way back. Episode 11 is when we started this version of We The Gamer Cast. Anyway, let's see. What else? Okay, I'm going to just let you know that the library goodness continues, but it is an added stressor to my life. <laughs> uh, every every other week I get an email from the library and they say they have another game on hold for me, but uh, I'll tell you why this is stressful for me. Um, I haven't finished Ratchet & Clank. I haven't finished Star Fox. Uh, I'm still playing Bravely Default. Uncharted is a week away, which, my god, I just can't even believe that. And, uh, but I did finish Severed, which, uh, anybody listening last week know that my review went up on WeTheNerdy.com and I have since platinum the game. So I, I don't have too many platinums, that's my sixth one. But I just couldn't put it down. There was, it was one of those games that when you finished it, you had a really good portion of your, of your trophies. So I went back and polished that thing off. I polished off the platinum trophy. 
So the library is doing me no favors right now by just adding to my backlog with these games that I'll just never get to. I really didn't think, I, I put a hold on a bunch of games, I didn't think I was going to get any of them, and all of a sudden, they're becoming available to me at a time where, honestly, like, this is spring. This is, like, when I would, well, I guess it has been the the later part of winter. I thought it was going to be killing my my backlog, and I barely touched it. And I just... Are you guys doing the same thing? Let me know what your backlog is like, because it just... I don't even know what to do about this anymore. I, I try my best to keep up. But sometimes, it's just a... Uh, it's a reality of life. One day, I'm going to win the lottery. This is my plan. I'm going to win the lottery. And uh, I'll give you guys seven episodes a week. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> It'll be like still one episode with a guest, and then just me rambling on in my retirement. <laughs> That's my plan, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, well, that's enough about me. Let's get right into this week's show. My guest this week is Tim Nestor. He does a podcast called Fathers of the Grind, which I just listened to. They, they, you can go on their YouTube channel. Uh, just search for Fathers of the Grind, you'll, and it'll pop right up. And uh, the story behind where Fathers of the Grind is right there. It's the first video that, that pops up. And uh, it's worth a listen. <laughs> is not what I was thinking. Uh, they were going to be... I didn't think that was going to be... The origin story of this, I thought it was more along the lines of um, something Final Fantasy based or something like that. What's the, there's a summon, somebody will tell me, there's a summon, uh, Knights of the Round, is that it? That's what I was thinking, it was something close to that, but um, it's not. <laughs> so go check out their their YouTube and uh, and download their podcast, you can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, and, the, and you can get it on YouTube as well. It's called Fathers of the Grind, and here is my guest... Tim Nestor. So uh, you mentioned your podcast. Let's jump right into that. The Fathers of the Grind. I just was listening to uh, just over the last couple of days here, actually. I'm, not, I'm always intrigued on how people meet their co-host so how did you end up meeting Derek and when did you guys decide this is something that you wanted to be doing yeah so we ended up interacting uh via that podcast beyond Facebook group so we're both fans of that show especially the the classic version of the show with Greg Greg Miller and Colin Moriarty and um just part of that large group I think they've got 10,000 plus members there yeah so I finally joined that group when I bought a PS4 and I was like I got to get involved in this PlayStation community I don't know anybody personally who owns one so I want to start making some connections here and quickly discovered there's some cool people but in a group that large some people I didn't like as much and so Mm -hmm. as I started to make some you know, acquaintances, not really friendships, you know, as, as friend, friendly as you can be on Facebook. Uh, a few people invited me to one of these little spinoff groups and said, hey, listen, we want a quieter group, smaller community. We kind of, quote unquote, vet people before they can join just so we know it's not going to get crazy and political and, and abrasive. And so yeah. a few of us did this small spinoff group, and that's where we were able to really get to know each other well. We did everything from um, group chats during E3, during each of the press conferences, where we all just kind of live responded on our phones or on our computers. Um, we scheduled all sorts of Rocket League tournaments in July when that came out, and we still play Rocket League to this day. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, we've, we've connected that way. And then Derek and I, we just got a lot in common. I mean, uh, we both are, we both have wives. We've both been married for years. We're about the same age. He's a little bit older, for the record. 
uh, <laughs> and we both have kids. We both have <laughs> we both have full time jobs. We both have nothing to keep track. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we how, both, how, uh, how many months exactly, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's break it down by day. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, he's way older, but um, that's all right. But yeah, so we we just hit it off pretty well. I mean, and if any of you any of you listening know uh, or have interacted with this Mr. Derek Teague in any of these groups, he's been a part of multiple groups. He was, I think, an, a podcast, uh, a Beyond uh, admin for a while. So he's he's known in some of these groups, and uh, and I thought he was kind of abrasive and like, who is this dude? But then I realized that's part of his sense of humor, and he's actually a really good guy. And so we ended up, you know, we had these whether it's us and there's a few other of our friends, probably five or six of us we got into this habit of playing games online together maybe once or twice a week as we were yeah. able to. But the beautiful thing was that we all have kids. We all were married. We all had, you know, full-time jobs. And so there was an understanding there already of, Hey, if you can make it great, if not, I get it. So there totally. was a, a nice camaraderie there and an understanding of, of life for each other. So that worked out well. And then uh, sometime I want to say it was in the fall. Derek just randomly mentioned to me, Hey, we should, since we always talked games and life and family and, you know, we always waxed poetic on all sorts of topics. He said, we should start a podcast or at least record these conversations during our, you know, rocket league or borderlands or whatever sessions that we have. And I said, well, let's not do that. Let's just record. Let's just do an actual show. <laughs> could be, could and be a so, little distracting. So yeah, we got it going. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I've always thought about asking somebody who wanted to be like part of this show. I always wanted to know, cause like some, some weeks are better than others where you're able to actually get to a lot of games and then other weeks, uh, this week has been uh, a little busy yeah. for me, but like totally fine. Uh, but sometimes I'm like, wouldn't it be great just to kind of sit and play some Rocket League and then chat about this stuff? But I, yeah. I'm not a multitasker. I don't know about you. I definitely could not. I would be the worst, uh, either player <laughs> or podcaster of yeah. all time. I'd be like, uh, well, like the, yes. the other problem is you're right in the middle of a, of a, of a thought. You've had this, maybe you've been thinking deeply about some subject. Let's say one time we were all debating, um, whether or not college uh, athletes should be paid. And so we were all going back and forth. There's probably mm. six of us or seven of us in this group. And there were some pretty strong opinions in there. And as you're in the middle of making a point, if you're playing Rocket League, there's all sorts of like, ooh, hang on, ooh, moments, you know? And everyone's like, oh, hey, wait, ooh. And so the the conversation is not smooth. It, it's so, like, it'd be funny and it'd be great if we actually had footage of the game running and then maybe audio of us talking. But none of us have the, uh, I wouldn't say ability. I think we could. None of us have the ambition to set sure. something like that up where we actually recorded the video and audio all at once. So it'd be cool, but it's much easier to just simply pause the games for a minute and have a conversation outside of those. I suppose we can always take a bit of a break from the games and actually have a real life yeah. grown up conversation, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you guys have been able to grow a community actually pretty quickly. It seems like, how, was it all out of that, that starting group, like that kind of, going outside of beyond and then starting this weekly playing games together was it all part of there or have you have you been able to find more dads out there and is it is it a lot of um parents out there who've joined the fathers of the grind kind of facebook community yeah so we've that's a good question we've, we've gotten a few that were from some of our smaller groups that we've joined um there's been a few others who i'm not really sure how they found us but they stumbled upon our <laughs> podcast and now they regularly post on our facebook group we do have a facebook group that everyone's welcome to join 
Um, and it's called Fathers of the Grind. It's not hard to find. I, I'll explain the name in a minute for those of you who are curious. Um, but, uh, but yes, we have a, that Facebook group, and many of our members don't have kids. There's even a few who are very young and aren't married yet. Maybe they were married and are divorced. But we have a, a wide variety of members who like to interact and dialogue and talk games. And what I like about it is our our show and really our Facebook group's conversation is centered around, of course, the topic of video games and entertainment yeah. in general. It's just the two of us who started it and kind of branded this particular show. We both happen to be dads. We both happen to uh, enjoy this grind of life. That's kind of the theme of the show, really, and the grind of games as well. We both are hardcore gamers, and we're really into it, of course. And we just wanted to make sure that anyone who wanted to join that conversation, who could relate to that grind of life, they could join it. So even if you're a college student who's just kind of making your way through school, maybe you're a double major and you barely have time for games, but you still want to talk games with others who are who can understand trying to find that balance, that's really what it was all about, mm-hmm. was, was having that conversation. So, so yeah, we've, we've built up a fairly decent-sized group, and we're hoping to grow some more. I know that... You just interviewed someone, and I'm blanking on his name, from Nintendo Dads, and I, I loved that conversation, too. Oh, Justin like Madison. Have... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a fellow Albertan, and so that's why I, I connected instantly with these guys because I love the whole dad angle. I love the family mm-hmm. aspect of it. And, of course, I love Nintendo. I mean, who doesn't? Um, and then, yeah. and then, uh, Zach is from, uh, is living in Edmonton right now, studying at the same university that I went to, um, a little bit more advanced <laughs> studying than I did there, I think. Uh, and then Justin gotcha. lives in, in Lethbridge. And so, yeah, I just, one of those things that is like, I can't believe we're kind of in the same community here talking all about the same stuff. So yeah. I had an incredible chat with him, uh, last week. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening. And I also want to comment on, on your show too. I think there's so many great podcasts out there that sort of miss that opportunity to, to include the community. And so that your guys' last episode was really dedicated to listener questions. And so I'm curious right. if, um, is that something that you guys are planning on continuing to do? Like what was, do you ever get stumped by some of those questions and go like, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm on the mic and I have literally no answer for you. Like what's that, what's that sort of like for you guys? <laughs> yeah. So I don't, we've gotten, we've stumped each other by accident a few times. Like we've tried to do a few <laughs> little trivia style games and it's been a massive fail every time. Oh, no. So, uh, so we've steered away from those, but yeah, the, no, the listener ones for the most part, I know what's coming. Derek yeah. doesn't always know what's coming. I pretty much uh, structure the show each week, um, although I do rely on him for some ideas on, okay, what should we do this time around? And then he'll he'll usually feed me some good ideas and throw in his side of things. But then I'm usually the one who pulls, let's say, listener questions, or I'll pull the news articles for us to, to talk about. And so he sometimes has to just uh, go with the flow and yeah. figure it out on the fly. But I usually have a chance to see what's coming. Uh, so I don't think we've had a, a stumped type question yet, but I do, I do think we want to continue interacting with the community. That's really what makes those who listen. Uh, I think it makes them enjoy it. They get to not only hear their own little shout out, but also participate in the conversation. Uh, a few of the guys in the group, I don't know that they would want to get on a recorded conversation and <laughs> chat about it in a live type of way. They might kind of freeze up or get nervous or they don't know. They want, don't want to hear their own voices, but they still want to participate. And so having that community where they can submit the questions is always good. Um, well, I and love of course, it. Derek and I, and I'm, I'm sure you're the same way. Derek and I don't mind making fools of ourselves, you know, getting out there I'm and just right there with you. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Just saying silly things, and then they get to make little memes about the dumb things that we said this past week, and so it just makes it fun. And fortunately, both of us have neither one of us are super thin skinned or easily offended, and and we just like to we like to make fun of ourselves, and so it just makes it fun. And so for both of us, it's been a really fun kind of side gig to have. It's a good thing to look forward to every week. Yeah, totally. It's a nice little standing date. And I, I'm wondering about the, the thick skin that you just mentioned too. Is that part of being a parent or is that kind of just the way that you guys have always, have always been, or have you grown a little bit tougher as, as the years have gone on? Yeah, I think it does come along with being a parent as well, yeah. because I, my oldest, my oldest son right now is nine. I don't know if I told you this yet. I've got five kids and my nope, oldest you didn't. is Holy nine. cow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too, it's too many, Sean. It's too many. Five might uh, be. Well, but... my my cousin has five. She married a guy who had three, and they went on to have two of their own. So, oh my lord. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a busy house. How and does that happen? Is, <laughs> well, Sean, let's have a chat. Let me let's, explain it to you. <laughs> yes, I got my coffee right here. So yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, my my oldest is hitting that age where he. First of all, he's way too smart. It's a little bit disturbing because he's very perceptive. If my wife and I are having a conversation about maybe plans for the weekend or something as big as figuring out, you know, hey, we're thinking about moving to a new house in this new area, he picks up on this stuff really quickly. Yeah. And um, so he's very perceptive. And not only that, he's quick to call us out on stuff now. He's no longer can we kind of push things over him when they're super young. You can kind of convince them that everything you do is fine, no problems. But he's he's learned how to call us out on a few things. You know, we might contradict ourselves um, in, in just little ways. And so, <laughs> so yeah, you have to develop a thick skin with kids. And I, I for mm-hmm. anyone out there who's got teenagers, uh, I used to work with youth back in the day as a volunteer. And, uh, and I, oh, just as a volunteer, I got to experience, you know, every once a week, what teenagers can, can really be like when they really let you have it. So I imagine what's the we're story there. What's the volunteer story? There. Yeah. So I used to be connected with a number of churches, uh, okay. Working with with different youth groups, and uh, it's just been something that's been part of my family for years and years. So that's what I did right out of college oh, awesome. for a while. Yeah, nice yeah. little training so that when you have five kids, you've got the improvisation <laughs> skills. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So worked with some youth, did a whole lot of music related stuff. Um, you know, led music in churches, but also kind of wrote and recorded my own stuff. You know, back in my high school, moving into college days, it was very emo. Uh, oh, okay. And, uh, you know, cause poor me, my poor life is so hard. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but, but, uh, but no, I really enjoy doing that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. and that shifted into a little bit of a technology side of things too, running, running the church website and, uh, running the soundboard, things like that. So really getting familiar with and comfortable with technology and that translated over into a connection with an old friend of mine from college who had this marketing opening. Uh, in this marketing agency. And so I transitioned away from uh, church work and into the marketing world. So I've been doing this now for three years. So, mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. So five kids that you have now, but we'll go, did you like, did you grow up in a huge family as well? Is this something that you, like, this is what you've known from when you were a kid? How does that happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've, so I've come from a family of four kids. I'm the second of four. Uh, my Me older too. brother and I actually, Really? The second of four? Second of four, yep. Nice. Had three boys and, a, and an accidental girl. <laughs> oh, wow. That is really close to ours. We've got we've got three boys and a girl, but my sister is the third. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, we have a, we both have awesome families, clearly. Um, but yep. my older brother and I, we were the major gamers in the family. So, yeah. of the four of us, my younger brother enjoyed them. 
but was very much a casual gamer. Like he would buy a system when everyone else had one, wanted the game, but then he would quickly sell it to buy some drumming equipment or whatever else. He's a big drummer, stuff like that. Awesome. And my sister never really got into it. She liked to watch sometimes games like Zelda when she was a little mm-hmm. younger, but otherwise she didn't really get into it. But my older brother and I, I mean, we were the ones who we used to get Nintendo Power and line yes. up his room with the Nintendo Power posters that would fold out, you know? Yep. So we would keep all those and every month we just couldn't wait for the next issue and we both had Game Boys. Nice. And and then of course we both saved up together to buy the Super Nintendo. We had never owned an NES. We 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 skipped that generation for mm-hmm. one reason or another. We just didn't get one, couldn't afford one. I'm not sure what the reasoning was exactly, but we had an Atari. What well, wasn't 20- completely ubiquitous? Oh, so you had you had Atari as well. I was going to say NES wasn't completely ubiquitous just yet, even though we like to think that it was in everybody's household. It really wasn't. Um, but yeah, so, but true. you were sort of already versed in video games by the time NES came out. Yeah, yeah, we've got this great classic Christmas morning of 1987 video. Yeah. It's still on VHS somewhere at my parents' house, and it's of the first. Our, really our first experience with video games ever it's so cool that we still have that um i haven't watched it in a while but they still have it and it's basically my older brother was given an atari 2600 with a um like a shoebox full of these old atari cartridges and everything from asteroids to frogger and pitfall and all sorts of stuff oh were, were my right gosh there. and so we've got great video of him playing asteroids that was the first game that i played too and uh yeah so we were hooked from then on but that was really our only exposure to it other than i think my dad had one of these really old handheld football games where you're what little red dot and you have to get by all the other red dots you ever see this like the game? little handheld thing yeah i totally had yeah. that thing <laughs> i wish i, I could remember it what ju- it was called i think it was just called football but i could be wrong <laughs> i think you might be right yeah we didn't really have yeah. the most creative names back then we didn't even know yeah. celebrity endorsement was a thing <laughs> So you exactly. didn't have any of the players on there either. <laughs> oh no, yeah, but it it would give like this little um, this little beep beep um, mm-hmm. celebration noise when you would score a touchdown. It was that was probably the so if I'm backing up a little bit, that was probably the very first one. And then my older brother and I got the Atari twenty six hundred, and then we got our Game Boys because we traveled a lot as a family yeah. for a little while. And then we bought our Super Nintendo, and that's where the light bulb came on for me. Like, Just oh, Super in. Mario World. Yeah, it's real. This is, wow, I'm going to have to be a part of this. So, yep. Yeah, what, so did your, what did your parents do? Like, were they were they into it at all? Did they just know this is something that the kids kind of were excited about? Or, like, what, what got your parents buying these things for you guys? I think a lot of it had to do with us begging. So, you know, the Nintendo Power would come out and we would see screenshots. Yeah, exactly. Screenshots (laughs) of of this new Chrono Trigger game or this new Mario RPG game. And we're just like, we have to have this, Dad. You got to buy this. And a lot of it was just, you know, what do you want for Christmas? All right, put it on your list. And they got Mm -hmm. it. But I think if they were to be totally honest uh, and looking back, if we kind of, if we could really see like an accurate replay outside of our little kid memories, I think they actually participated a little more than they admitted. I remember yeah. my parents playing Atari from time to time, like whether it's something simple like Frogger or mm-hmm. Pac-Man or Mrs. Pac-Man. I, I remember them playing that from time to time. But the one that sticks with me the most is by the time our Game Boys were kind of outdated, we had both upgraded our handhelds and home consoles and the Game Boys were just these extra things sitting in the house. We didn't need them anymore. Mm-hmm. I remember that they, one of them at least took up permanent residence, uh, in the little basket behind the toilet. It's flagged. There were no games. There were, there were no loose games laying around. It was just Tetris. 
That's nice. all that was in there. Mm-hmm. And so when we would go back to visit or whatever, that was still in there for a little while. Like, I think my parents are still playing some Tetris in their alone time. <laughs> the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, that exactly. is amazing. Exactly. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. So you said you upgraded your, your Game Boys. Is that from like the original, like the gray brick to like one of the colors or what was that? What was that? Yeah, when uh, like? when Pokemon when Pokemon Red and Blue came out, my friend and is. I finally found a a hardcore gaming friend because my older brother was getting close to college and getting ready to move on and had s- slowed down his gaming a little bit. What's I was the still age gap entrenched. between you guys? Uh, he's two and a half years older, almost three years older. Okay, yeah, yeah pretty close to me and my brother too. Yeah, yeah. So he was starting. I mean, he still liked games a lot, but he was start. I mean, he worked all the time. He had a serious girlfriend. He was going to head off to college, and you know, his life was just picking up speed. And I was still like every Friday, Saturday night, staying up way later than I should have. You know, mm-hmm. I was still in that mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it was all for gaming. You know, hanging out with buddies. We used to watch WWF wrestling and play video games. Like, that was our thing. Um, yes. So, uh, so I found a buddy who was equally into video games, and we gamed all the time. And one of the games that we saw coming out was this new RPG, this monster collection RPG out of Japan called Pokemon. We had <laughs> no interest in the show. I was 14, I think, at the time. Yeah. No interest in the show. It looked too kitty. Totally. Um, but but the game, oh, the game looked so good. I mean, it had everything, all the RPG stats you would want, and the collection just looked like it was going to be addicting. We started reading up articles on the different monsters, and we were we were sold, just completely sold. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I upgraded at that point. My old Game Boy wasn't going to cut it, so I upgraded to the Game Boy Pocket, which is a really cool little oh, system. Oh, beautiful system. Yeah, yeah, just think of how slick that thing was. So by the time Pokemon comes out, you know sort of the mechanics and the way things are going to work, and you know that this is something, even before you know exactly what the game is, you know this is something that tickles right. your fancy a little bit absolutely and yep. is it because so you mentioned something before where you were looking through nintendo power and you see something like chrono trigger is it just that it was it a japanese role-playing game that you're kind of into already like where does that passion and obsession come from yeah that that began with uh, a friend of mine who owned a super nintendo we owned a super nintendo and he let us borrow i think it was final fantasy two in the u.s which i think was five in japan so officially mm-hmm. now looking back i think it's final fantasy five and i borrowed it and i played it for a little bit and i stopped right away and i just didn't get it i didn't understand this idea of lining up and hitting attack and yeah swing their sword but it doesn't really connect and somehow it takes off numbers didn't the get slash it. appears and there's the numbers yeah <laughs> I did. I didn't get it, and uh, and I know my parents had read some article in some magazine. Don't let your kids play Dungeons and Dragons. So I was afraid I was going to get in trouble for some kind of weird role playing thing. Do you and remember so why? I, uh, what I quickly, was the basis of that article? It had to do with you know your kids will pretend to be wizards and witches and they'll try to do these spells. <laughs> it was it was one of those things where they were panicking about what kids were doing. Warning them not to become today, nerds. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's what it looks like now. Uh, back then, there was like legitimate concerns about what they might start believing. It was it was the same fears that people had with Harry Potter. It's just ridiculous. Okay, um, but uh, but anyway, I remember thinking, I don't know if I'm allowed to play this, and I didn't really enjoy it. So yeah. I kind of I kind of shrugged it off as I don't care about this. And it wasn't until Final Fantasy VI came out, and that friend I told you about earlier, who I mm-hmm. played Pokemon with uh, quite a bit. He's the one who said, uh, I'm playing through this game right now. You should, you know, when you come over this weekend, I'll show it to you. You'll like it. And I was like, oh, I remember this. I played it a few years ago. Did not like it. 
But that game got me hooked. He was like, let me start a new game. You can see the whole story. So I started learning there was characters. I was just watching him play, keep in mind. Mm-hmm. And then I re- realized there was actually a strategy to this. And then he picked up the second controller, and he was like, you can control one of the characters during battles if you want. I was like, oh, that's cool. Nice. And so I started learning the mechanics of, of oh, this, this we- if I equip this weapon, all of a sudden I'm hitting a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And if I equip this armor, now I'm a little bit quicker. And so I started to realize the stat bonuses that armor and weapons had. And, I, I mean, the adrenaline or whatever it was, my the gears in my head just started to turn. I was like, this is amazing. This fix yeah. that it was giving me was so cool. And so that's when I got hooked. And Final Fantasy VI was my, my gateway drug into the JRPG world. Oh man. So it's like you're, cause I love thinking back to those times too, because now we kind of put in a game and you know how mostly you know how it's going to work. Um, some, mm-hmm. some Japanese role playing games still kind of introduce new systems. I always find it weird whenever I uh, jump into like Kingdom Hearts or something like that. And there's all these different right. kind of things, but you generally know how things work. So I always like going back to, yeah, the, the good old days when you're, it's like learning a new language. And how everything, like, what is the grammar of a JRPG game from back in the day? Um, I always oh, think that that's, that that's super interesting. So yep. from Super Nintendo, did you jump right into um, N64? Was there any sort of persuasion coming from some of the other consoles coming out at the time? Do you remember? No, and, and keep in mind that I I only had Nintendo Power as my outside source for all things gaming. Unless right. a friend got something, uh, or if maybe kids at school were talking about something, I really didn't hear about anything else other than what I saw on Nintendo Power. We had Whoa. little to no internet connection, so I wasn't I wasn't surfing any kind of websites quite yet. Yeah, and so I was a Nintendo kid. Nice. And so, what was the school ground kind of like? Were you were you guys kind of? Um, kind of just keep into yourselves the group of of kids who are into nintendo and into video games or was it was it more widespread like for me it was definitely i've got three people i can talk to this stuff about or and then everybody else is like yeah i I play soccer and i just like totally don't think about games all the time (laughs) yes yeah i can totally relate to that that's actually i think around that time when when we had the the pokemon craze and uh and the N64 and PS1 coming out those were all right around my middle school years or at least okay. you know getting close to high school years and so very much concerned with what others thought about me still am yes. in some in some ways now but the concern was really high at that age and so mm-hmm. admitting you played video games was reserved for a certain type of person so usually it had to be another guy you never told a girl that like if it was a girl even back right. then you're like you're like I don't even know what a game is you know like I'm too cool for video yeah. games and so it was <laughs> it, it was it was a little silly but like if if I were being honest at that time I'd be like yes I play an average of 15 to 20 hours a week what do you do you know what I mean if mm-hmm. I were being totally honest at that age but uh but yeah so the the overall environment there like in school and things like that was very if we had mobile phones, there would have been a lot of casual gamers who maybe knew oh, a little cool. bit about Mario and stuff. That's probably what the community would have been like, but no one really talked about it. And definitely no one was staying up all night playing Secret of Mana with their buddy. You know what I mean? Like Secret that. <laughs> of Mana. Wow. I haven't heard that in forever. Yeah. Is, is that yeah. something that you were on like right at the beginning or is that – because it kind of got um, a bit of a following as it, as it went along. Yeah. And do you hold that as highly as a lot of other people hold the Secret of Mana? It's like a two hundred dollar cartridge if the, you find it. Really highly is one of the. Oh, I know. I'm, that's why I'm glad it's on the virtual console. Um, but I think it's one of the <laughs> better couch co op uh, 
action RPGs. It's got a really great combat system, really fun story, like really, really great story. It, it was just the, it, was, it was the golden age of Square back in the day, yeah. and that was that was one of their greats that came out. But uh, but yeah, I know in general, I did have a few friends I discovered later that were big uh, PlayStation One gamers, and it wasn't until PS Two was getting close to release that I started to hear buzz from kids who I didn't know were gamers excited about the impending release of the PlayStation Two. So it, right. it took a, it took a few years for people to come out of the woodwork a little bit, but as gaming became a little more mainstream, and as the PlayStation Two was going to start to take center stage, mm-hmm. um, by then I had already adopted the PS One. By the way, I eventually did shift over to Sony a little bit too, and uh, yeah, begrudgingly it, a little bit became a little begrudgingly a little bit. But that's I mean, once I played Final Fantasy VII and played Metal Gear Solid, I, I couldn't resist. Oh, um, Metal Gear Solid, good one. Yeah, the, those games won me over. But uh, but yeah, we actually just had a conversation, and it's gonna be it's an episode that's coming that just came out tonight actually. So it'll be available if you guys uh, want to go listen. It's our most recent episode. It's basically N sixty four versus PS one, and we talk about um, it's that fifth generation of of video game consoles, mm-hmm. and so we go back and forth a little bit about back then which was our console of choice, what were our games of choice, but looking back now, which one do we think was the better system? And uh, so, yeah, it's really interesting to look back and and see how those two stacked up. That is such a great topic. I don't want to spoil your show, but I would love I'm definitely gonna have to check that out because, oh, my that was that was for me. That was the height of the console wars. I I never really um, bought into it back in the NES or SNES days. I I always thought that Nintendo had Sega. Uh, There is no question to me. Uh, I didn't understand what a bit was and I never pretended to understand what a bit was. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> but a bit count was important. Yes, apparently. Uh, so are yeah. FPSs and Ps. Ps are also important to count. Well, you're now. you're in marketing, so you might remember this. Like, I don't know about you, but for me, at least, commercials stick out in my mind from you when I was a kid. And I remember yes. when Sony ran that campaign. It was some kind of like bad boy campaign with Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. throwing eggs at Nintendo's home office and stuff like that. I remember yeah. they were the bad boys to Nintendo's, you know, behind the times old man approach. Which is really interesting because that's the same approach that Sega tried to take as well. A lot of attitude. Sonic had a, had yeah. everything, but I, so it's yeah, it's strange that that Sony kind of went along the same lines, and all they really had to do was kind of lean more on the technology. Like we we look back now at the stories of what happened between Nintendo and Sony, and obviously there's a lot of bad blood, a lot about the technology yeah. of just compact disc in general. And it's interesting that mm-hmm. at least as a consumer, we never really saw that. I don't know that there was an audience for that hardcore group yet where we would know the business dealings that caused the the split and for for PlayStation to be a thing and now i think yeah. you know there's a lot more transparency you would definitely see one of the groups throwing the under completely under the bus yeah well and i think that Sony timed their messaging perfectly and Sega was a little bit too early on their bad boy messaging i think if I remember correctly, the early mm. 90s was still, I mean, the 80s were still hanging on a little bit. And in terms of video games, at least, it was very much about family fun and Mario. And it, Sonic just wasn't, I mean, it was cool, but it didn't quite connect mm-hmm. on the same level as Nintendo did. But Sony was timing their bad boy image. Our games are cheaper to make and cheaper to buy for you, the consumer. 
Uh, we have more violent games. We have a wider variety of, of deeper games. We're not trying to hold your hand through some of these games. And we've got Crash, who doesn't care what Nintendo thinks about him. That was all hitting right during that. <laughs> um, think about like Mountain Dew and X Games. And yeah. uh, if you were watching wrestling, that's when Degeneration X and NWO were real big. It was this, yeah, you know, buck the system era. and, you know, stick it to the man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they actually call it the Attitude Era. That's so funny. Um, yep. So it's it's interesting to me that Sony did that, and then now they seem to be less about attitude. So you mentioned I'm in market. To me, like pulling a stunt like that is um, it's not sustainable. You can't be the bad guy forever, and you can't be a bad guy to everyone. But what they did right. was they have a character like Crash Bandicoot, who now that we look back, like he was just as fluffy as anybody else. But the fact that he was the one with the <laughs> yeah. attitude is hilarious. Yeah. Um, but the, at the same time they have, they have games like metal gear solid. Like you mentioned, is that something that kind of open your eyes to more so than, than crash bandicoot? Is that something that open your eyes to what video games could be? And was that like a, this is the future moment or did it not really, um, present itself in that way to you at the time? No, it totally did. And actually, yeah. Crash Bandicoot, as the example, uh, whether it's that or Spyro or some of these other platformers that Sony put out, none of them held a candle to Super Mario 64. So I, I always thought, despite their marketing attempts, their games were still just imitations of the real thing, at, the, at those types of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was games like Metal Gear Solid. It was games like Final Fantasy VII, uh, Castlevania, Symphony of the Night. These games were doing things that the N64 was not. And so they they definitely matured, I think, the the industry in a way that Nintendo wasn't doing. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Nintendo's first party was still absolutely killing it, uh, Sony was doing things with third party partners that Nintendo was totally missing out on. I think. Uh, yeah. But in term in terms of opening my eyes to what this medium could be, there were a few key moments. Number one was Super Mario World. I mentioned that already. The second one was Super Mario sixty four that feeling of running around in a 3d space. Do you remember that feeling of the analog stick for the first time? Yes. Being well, able they to even had that forward. weird screen at the start to, you could mold Mario's face around for no reason. That's you could spin right. his head around right. you could pull his nose yeah. and his ears out and make all these weird shapes. So like, weird. So, so weird. But all of us did it like for a totally. long time, longer than we should have. We all did it. <laughs> oh, totally. Absolutely. And then, so that feeling, but, but it wasn't until, and I think the PS one had a few moments perhaps in some of their Mm -hmm. games that totally blew me away but it wasn't again until grand theft auto 3 that i had that same kind of revelation type moment of oh video games are at the next level now yeah and it's grand theft auto 3 was that next one i find it so interesting to even again always looking back um some of the 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 fine details that will have screenshots that show playstation 4 versus xbox one versus PC and I'm looking at all three versions going like those you I couldn't tell you the difference they look so similar it is ridiculous yeah but back then there was actually quite a marked difference between not only the visuals but with CDs you now have loading like Mm -hmm. if that was if that was introduced now just the way that the internet exists and the way the communities are very vocal I, can you imagine what would happen if the loading times were just introduced now? Every time before this, yeah. everything just loaded really nice and snappy, and then all of a sudden we're just yep. sitting the loading times now. Um, yeah, it's absolutely. super interesting. That's actually a really good point because back then it was look at our screenshot, look at their screenshot. Which one do you want to pick? And you're right. Today, like for instance, Witcher 3, one of the most beautiful games from last year. Yep. 
on on the PS4, Xbox One, pretty equivalent. Although you can make an argument one or the other. Certain scenes, certain landscapes, perhaps looked a little better on one. Maybe ran a little more smoothly. And especially the PC, you know, those mm-hmm. are the ultimate gaming rig, which I do not have. Maybe they could have settings that would just totally skunk the other two. But for the most part, your experience is going to be the same with any version of that game. It's still beautiful. It's still amazing. But back yes. in the day, you could just put up, here's our screenshot. They got nothing. Pick us. So now I feel like you talked about Sony, you know, pulling back on that that uh, that attitude era of marketing a little bit. I, I feel mm-hmm. like they have found different ways to still kind of stick it to the competition. And Good one point. of the ways was uh, when the PS4 was announced after the Xbox One debacle of an announcement. The PS4 mm-hmm. at Sony's press conference, they just, I mean, it, we all remember it. It was one of the best E3 press conferences ever. It was just the one-two punch and then the knockout punch with the price drop. Mm-hmm. But everything from the games, you remember the game sharing skit they did where here's how you share games with the PS4 and he just yeah. handed him a game? <laughs> and so like they still have a way of delivering that little kind of wink and nudge to yep. the competition. Um, it's just, it's got to be a little bit nicer now because everyone... Well, this is a different conversation, but everyone can get super offended. There's social media everywhere. You know, like Phil Spencer has to be polite about the Uncharted release. And, you know, Shuhei has to say something about, I don't know, whatever Xbox games there are. Oh, so you're you're a little bit more pessimistic about it. You you think that it's more of a a more part of the gig than it's than it is genuine. You have to game. You have to game the social media now. Yeah, Yeah. I I do. I I think that people like Phil Spencer and Shuhei are probably really good people and they really do mean those things. But I think part of their job, whether they want to say those things or not, now entails a very public facing interaction with each other um, in that in that social media space. Um, do you so think any, that it's? Do you think that it's um, part of like a reaction to just try to lead by example as well? Like I don't know. There's probably a whole bunch of different factors to this, but the thing that I take away from it, not that I'm gonna buy Xbox because of Phil Spencer or I'm gonna buy PlayStation because of Shuhei because I actually buy both and I think they're both great. But I always wonder like if it's great, if it's yeah. their their way of just leading by example in response to console wars in general and just a lot of the the trash talk that goes back and forth and here we have the leaders of the industry saying it's okay we can like each other's stuff it's even where we have the ones where like our jobs are on the line and and it means probably more to them which system does better than any gamer (laughs) i would i would imagine yeah uh yeah it's, it's okay to be okay with other people's product yeah, no, I think you're right about that, actually. Um, the only company that seems to still not care is Nintendo. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you do you remember in the 360 days where the... I forget which, who it was. It might have been Don Matrick. It could have been... I don't know who it was. Someone from oh, it the Microsoft side. it would have been Peter Moore, side. probably. might have been Peter Moore, yeah. One of them on the Microsoft side said, hey, listen, for the best console experience in this generation, get a Wii for your family and get a 360 for the deeper experiences. And so, like, I remember... I don't know if it was those exact words, but it was basically sure. if you have a 360, because everyone's already going to get a Wii, then you then you have now covered everything you need to cover for this generation. And I remember that yeah. type of language going out. And Nintendo was just I, – I remember this specifically. Their response was something to the tune of, no, just get a Wii. <laughs> 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 so like they 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 still don't want to they still don't want to quite join hands. Well, easy for them to say something like that back when they were selling like five Wii's for every Xbox 360, right, or whatever the oh, ratio was. Yeah. yeah, like no, no, that all you need is the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just just get a Wii. 
Have you I seen Call like of Duty now, on Wii? It's pretty amazing. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I feel, I'm pretty sure I played a Far Cry game on the Wii, and I remember thinking that I did something wrong, like I had plugged something in incorrectly, or the game was crashing oh, because it looks awful. so bad. <laughs> I just oh, couldn't believe my eyes. I just, no, that's oh my goodness. Are yeah. you thinking that Nintendo's turning it around anytime soon? Like, as somebody who's raised on Nintendo, like, you, you must be rooting for them a little bit here. I'm rooting for them, although I've definitely kind of pulled away from Nintendo in recent sure. years. Uh, yeah. I, I skipped the GameCube, but I did play a lot of GameCube games and a combination of the Wii, because it was backwards compatible, and mm-hmm. uh, my younger brother. One of the few systems he owned was the GameCube. So I, I got some GameCube experiences, but I skipped that one. And How then come? I skipped. I, um,. I think it's just because I bought the PS2 instead. It was just a yeah. money thing. Yeah. Um. I I only picked I only picked one home console that generation. I mean, I was mm-hmm. in college. I couldn't afford a whole lot, so it was it was PS2 actually right before college, and then uh, I skipped the Xbox completely and the GameCube. Oh, wow. I only used the GameCube. I only used via, you know, the Wii later on and you yeah. know, a few years later or through my brother. So. Did you just not but, think the Xbox uh, and I skipped was going to be serious too, though? So I've I've I've. I've I've skipped multiple Nintendo systems now. Now that the Wii U has come and gone, so. Oh my gosh, yeah. what was what was the reason yeah. you skipped Xbox? Did you think it wasn't going to be just a, like because back then it was so weird that Microsoft was coming up with this video game console, um, but anybody kind of paying attention yeah. would have noticed it was super powerful. But that even that wasn't really enough because PlayStation Two was just motoring. It it was. I didn't see the point. Um, yeah. I, from what I, from what I could tell, it was just a different a different brand for the same thing. And I didn't really okay. know better. I didn't know one way or the other what I was missing. Um, again, th- and as these things go, there's always a friend somewhere in town, somewhere that owns the system you don't have. So I did get to yeah. experience some Xbox things. You know, I got, I got the, uh, the halo experience, which was probably the best first person experience I had had since GoldenEye. So that was yeah. very cool. I had to admit like, Hey, you know what? This is pretty neat. PS2 doesn't have anything like this. Um, but they also had uh, uh Ninja Gaiden, which nice. is a great, ridiculously difficult but great game um, yeah you're naming like that, I... insanely hard games like really difficult <laughs> games <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> why like... i didn't play it i was like this this system's too hard maybe that's what it was <laughs> no i mean like this entire time that i've been chatting with you it's like you talk about castlevania and all these like final fantasy at that age is not an easy game and all those jrpgs are very complex no, games not. Like, is that something that yeah. you continue to be attracted to? Or now that maybe time is more of a premium, are you are you going with shorter, smaller, simpler games? Or are you still Dark Souls in it up? I think I, I find a balance between both. Because I yeah. still, like, I'm a huge fan of the Fire Emblem series. And that is nice. not an easy strategy game at all. Yeah. None, none of the versions are, are easy. Um, and even though in recent releases on the 3DS, they have made it much more user-friendly to a wider yes. audience you can you can set this the difficulty easier and you can turn off permadeath so and i'm i love that i love that fire emblem is growing its audience that way um so i still enjoy that challenge last year there was a game that i played there was two games that i played last spring uh about a year ago now that were insanely hard and i forced myself all the way to the end of both of them one was aru's awakening and it had a really cool little mechanic where you shoot a ball kind of this little fireball or or energy ball ahead of you and then you hit a button to teleport to where that ball is right away so it's like oh it's kind of a cool little system they created and the puzzles are insanely hard that game is so challenging the final boss fight you can't you can't beat it i'm convinced it's impossible (laughs) and uh, just like battle tones and teenage mutant ninja turtles 
Oh, those games were ridiculous too. So hard. The uh, the other game was Titan Souls, which is a really cool okay. throwback game that came out last spring. And so I still embrace those challenges, and I get that frustration, and my palms are sweating, and I have to put the controller down before I get angry after certain moments. You know, like I mm-hmm. those those games still um, I still thrive on those types of games, but I have definitely found enjoyment in taking a break and working my way through a telltale game where I can just enjoy the story. Nice. I, I won't have to retry a bunch of sections. I can just get through it. So I think I've balanced it out a little bit now. Yeah. You, you kind of, you kind of nailed it when you said because of the time constraints and you know, the busyness of life, that's a big part of it. Like I want to experience a lot of different types of games and on a lot sure. of different systems. And I can't let myself get stuck on a game like Ori in the blind forest for too long. As beautiful. Oh, as that did game, you find that hard? I did find that. Oh, stop uh, it. no, you, no, it, I don't. I didn't think it was. Oh, no, look, I'm, I really have to watch my words here because I realized how horrible that just sounded a second ago. I, cause I'm surprised, not because I thought it was like, cause I did definitely found it challenging. I'm surprised that you found it challenging based on all these other games that you're listing off here. And I found like Ori, while not the easiest game, I, I wouldn't put it up there right. with some like Castlevania. I wouldn't even put it close to Castlevania I, in terms of difficulty. Well, and I think that Ori Ori is difficult in all the right ways. Castlevania now, when you go back and play it, as I, I do think it's a masterpiece. Like it's a classic. Yeah. Um, Ma- Castlevania now is difficult for some of the wrong ways. Now going back to okay. it, just because it's a little bit stiffer compared to the yeah. way how far games have come now. Um, but Ori is is hard in all the all the right ways. Um, yeah. The challenges make they force you to use all your abilities, and and I love the way that Ori puts things together. The sequences are so fast. I mean, it's it can be so challenging to some of those escape sequences, but they're invigorating. They're exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I got frustrated or angry at Ori. I just acknowledged like this is tough. Like this is not an easy section of the game. But no, I, I did find it to be challenging. I think it's funny that you're like, oh. Did you find that to be hard? Huh? No, like I, I definitely <laughs> did. I definitely, I, I should. Yeah, no, it was a tough one. I, I feel like I'm going to have to post my, because it counts how many dies you have. And mine are like close to 500, I'm pretty sure. So I just want everybody to know I found it to be difficult. Like yeah. I, <laughs> I definitely found it to be hard. But again, yeah, just yeah. compared to some of these other games. Um, And even now, like you don't strike yeah. me as the type to be sort of elitist in the way that you play all these difficult games. But was there ever a time where you're like, yeah, I, I'm more hardcore than maybe some of the casual gamers like the, even the think, the introduction of casual gaming recently has kind of maybe divided gamers in a way where where did you find yourself on that on the was there a side that you found yourself on in that respect yeah probably and when i was hanging out a lot in high school and, and college with some of my uh, other hardcore gaming buddies and it very much became a look what i beat on what difficulty setting i beat it on there was a little bit of that um going on um but not a ton I mean, for the yeah. most part, it's just if I find the game to be fun for whether it's a gameplay mechanic that just clicks or whether it's a storyline and characters that I really dig. That's what I love about the old school JRPGs. Um, or, yeah, it could be any number of things. Maybe it's the challenge itself, that feeling of overcoming that just mm-hmm. is, is is a rush. So, yeah, it, it depends on it depends on what it is. But for the most part, no, I I still play games on my phone from time to time. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll still pick up, uh, you know, back when Xbox 360 had their arcade games, I would pick up a ton of those games on the cheap and play through things like Zuma. And I cannot beat Zuma. My wife, <laughs> I'll, I'll admit this. My wife is better at Zuma than I am. She's beat that game and I have not, I couldn't beat nice. it. There's c- certain levels I get to and I get stuck. So, um, is that so anyway, her kind of game I, or is she, is she into totally games? Just, game. Yeah. She is to a certain extent. Like, so she'll, she'll crush those candies on her phone 
all day and all night if you let her. Like she loves she loves that Candy Crush and there's a few other games on there too on her phone that she's found that have clicked. She used to love games like Chuzzle on uh, on the PC. Um and then yeah, she'll she'll play one. she played through Castle Crashers with me. We, oh, we awesome. played through that from start to finish. Yeah, and we'll do some old school Mario like when they released the uh, Mario Brothers on the Wii, that was a godsend cuz that gave us a way to enjoy our late evenings kids are in bed and uh, we could both enjoy a hobby and and share a hobby for a little while there so that was nice Nice. so but no for the most part she would much prefer to you know binge watch through a tv show with me or uh yeah or you know so she's not as into gaming clearly as i am but um but yeah what about what about the kids what about the five kids how are you guys sharing consoles these days the kids love games. Um, yeah. So they, they each have, except for my daughter. My daughter's three. She's the youngest. She does not have her own little system quite yet, although she's been asking for a pink DS now that all her brothers have a DS. I she love it. a pink DS. Yeah, she really wants one. Um, but the boys all have a DS. Uh, my oldest, last Christmas, he got a 2DS, so he's he's got the newest one of the newer versions of the the Nintendo handheld and they love it. They they play everything from from Pokémon, the older two boys that that can both, you know, read proficiently. They they play through Pokémon. They both beat that game. They love that those games. Um the younger boys, they love Plants vs Zombies. That's their big game. They've also awesome. played they've played things like Nintendogs and a few others, but um Plants vs Zombies requires little to no reading. It's very simple and straightforward <laughs> what each plant and or zombie does. So they love that. Uh, and then, of course, on the on the Wii, there's plenty of games for them to play. We have all the Great. Mario's. We've got um, a bunch of virtual console games that they've played. Um, we still have a 360 hooked up, so they can play some Castle Crashers or Ninja Turtles, things like that. So that's the kind of stuff that the family plays. My older son is starting to get into the complicated stuff, though. I just recently okay. got him playing Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Have you played that game before? I haven't. I'm. I have to say, I'm a little intimidated. <laughs> yeah. No. He. It, it, so it's not a. It's not a Might and Magic game. Uh, it's not like a mainline Might and Magic game. That's just the the branding on it. It is. How do I describe it? Um, basically, that, that it's a puzzle. Still doesn't mean I could be, can't it, be intimidated. <laughs> yeah. Be be scared. It's a puzzle yeah. <laughs> RPG where you have to match up certain unit types that will then, based on the how, how many turns that they have to wait to attack, they can then attack the. Think of like Hearthstone where you're trying to attack the main HP mm-hmm. in the back, like the boss, if you ever played Hearthstone. Yeah. Um, so you're trying to take down the main enemy's good. HP, but <laughs> then he has units that he's trying to protect and attack yours. So it's it's really good, and he's, you know, he the only reason I bring that up is just to say he's starting to get into more complicated games now. So nice. he's following my footsteps a little bit, but we do have very active outside-oriented kids, and my wife's very active. She's very outside-oriented. She's really into exercising and running, and so she's very into getting the kids outside, too. So it's a nice balance. You've got extreme nerd, that's me, and you've Mm -hmm. got, you know, very much into athletics and outdoors, that's my wife, and we balance each other out pretty well, you know, getting the kids outside, I think. Oh, my gosh. So if you weren't talking to me right now, what would you end up... What what are you playing right now? Oh, good question. Um... So, yeah, this is usually the time of night when my wife and I have been hanging out for a while. The kids have been in bed for a little bit, and then she starts yeah. to make her way to bed. She's got a show she's going to watch as she works her way to bed. And I then really settle in on the couch for whatever gaming time I can muster before hit- hitting the hay. Yeah. So I would be playing – right now I'd be finishing Ratchet & Clank. I just got to the final boss nice. fight in Ratchet & Clank. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. That game, speaking of challenging, uh, I'm playing it on normal mode. I'm not going to – I'm not trying to punish myself here. That game – 
is gorgeous. It controls beautifully. And some of these final battles, even just the, the wave upon wave of enemy battles, it gets really tough at the end. It's not easy. Yeah, I had a I had an embarrassing night uh, not too long ago. I was trying to get a trophy for one of the races that you can finish in under a minute 35. And I just mm-hmm. could... I, was, I probably spent way too long. Again, this is all in an effort to try to redeem myself for making fun of the whole Ori situation. Uh, definitely oh, had no. some trouble no, you with... you should have uh, made fun of me. You should have yeah, you should have made no, fun of me harder, No, no, I shouldn't. Yeah. No, that's that's <laughs> definitely not what I was going for. Um, and By so the way, I spent... if you ever listen to our show with, with Derek and I, we give each other crap nonstop. Like, you were you were very friendly <laughs> on that. Derek would have called me a complete filthy casual. Right, He would have just ripped into me right there. So you should... Don't feel bad whatsoever. I, I can take it. Okay, well that's that's okay. Maybe later. I'll do it online. <laughs> I'll do it on there you Twitter. Go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> totally behind your back and let everybody know what I really think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving Ratchet. I just um, it's. Did you did you pick up? Uh, I picked up Starcraft or Starcraft. Wow, no, not I didn't pick up Starcraft. Uh, Starcraft. Star Fox. Woo. Yeah, that's a blast from the past. We can talk about that another time because Starcraft <laughs> is really where it all starts for me. Uh, Warcraft. Yeah, that's where right. I got some bad grades in college because of the Starcraft series. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. What's okay? Because um, Warcraft Two was the game that I went to my neighbor's house and he showed me this thing and just walked. I still remember he kind of just walked me through the whole. This is uh, the peasant, I think it was, and the, he chops down wood and he goes mm. get to get gold and that's how that works. He can't fight or yeah. he could, but he's not gonna do any damage. So for that, you want to build a knight and he kind of walked me through that whole progression and I was completely hooked to the real-time strategy kind of craze yeah. that was happening at that point yeah. do you remember like where you were introduced to the re- to the real-time strategy games yes i do it was command and conquer oh yes in the 90s yes command and conquer i had uh we had neighbors down the road from us who had a it, their pc wasn't very nice but they had command and conquer they also had i hope someone out there knows this game it was a game about it was it was kind of like The Sims, but a little bit different because it was almost like a like a board game, and you would travel around this board. And I think it was called Keeping Up with the Joneses or something like that. Oh, anyway, it was this one. game where you have to get a job, you make money, you you get married, you have kids. They had that, and they had Command and Conquer. So one was kind of like this life <laughs> simulator, and it was like a board game. And then they switched over to Command and Conquer, where you're you know telling these tanks to go attack those tanks. And that was the first time I knew anything about it. I didn't play it a lot. I just watched. Yeah. I would I would just sit there. I would I would happily sit there for an hour or more watching my friend play this game because it was so cool. The way he could drag and click and attack. Uh, the first oh, one that man. I actually played though was probably it was probably StarCraft. Although I didn't play it as much as as a lot of people. I did you know I went through the campaign and I yep. loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few lesser known ones that I really got into. Things like um, there was a Zeus series that was put out. There was like oh, I never Zeus, heard of that Poseidon. one expansion yeah it was not as well known as others it wasn't as good as others um did you ever play total annihilation no i never did Uh -uh. this was a game it was sort of more like command and conquer where like really the focus was on numbers like i I don't remember like a unit limit and you could just build up these insane armies and it was more space-based you you would drill these minerals up out out of the ground and then it just had an insane number of different tanks and different mechs that you could that you That's could build awesome. up but oh man just total annihilation 
But in, in the interest of oh, complete, so honest, total disclosure, I am not good at RTS games. I discovered. Me neither. So I, I didn't even them. know. Th- yes. I, I enjoy them. And I, I always get too caught up in building up this awesome base and placing things in the right spot and having these great turret defenses and watchtowers. And then mm-hmm. I just get swarmed because I haven't been building up big, a big enough actual army. I've just been creating this cool base. And I, so when playing competitively, <laughs> I get demolished. And so Me I, too. and even against, even against the AI, I can't play on anything harder than normal. A lot of times I have to set it to easy just so I can mm-hmm. complete the game. I'm not great at them. Uh, I discovered I'm much better at the turn-based strategy. Yes. Starting with you know Final Fantasy Tactics, Advance Wars, and so on. So, yeah, just in the interest of being totally honest, RTS is not a strength of mine, which is probably why I didn't play any of them longer than you know the main campaigns, mm-hmm. and then I'd move on. So, yeah, I, th- that type of game, not a strength of mine. Oh, I had uh, we had some some. This is so nerdy. We would we used to have LAN parties within the same house. We would have guys bring over yeah, their computers, and then yeah. Oh my god, just that brings me back. Either between the LAN parties or actually duct taping the phone down to the handle so that your parents <laughs> actually couldn't pick up the phone and disconnect the the modem connection that you had. Oh my goodness, that just <laughs> I'm just like I've got my hand on my forehead. I just. That just brings that's me back. Amazing. That is hilarious. Don't yeah, pick up the phone. That's amazing. Or sometimes when you, you you could hear them pick it up, and the that that noise that the modem would make on the on the receiver was so loud, you could hear. Oh, that's right. You just fueled with Man, anger. Man, these younger gamers don't know how good they have it these days. Yeah, with their always uh, their their DSL cable internet, their high speed cable internet. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I won't keep you all night. I know that uh, you have kids at home and and games to get to but i i don't know if you did you tell me what game you got on the on the go right now yeah so i'm finishing up ratchet and clank i just finished last night i stayed i stayed up too late last night i wrapped up tales from the borderlands i finally played through that oh yeah um probably want to i don't know if you played it but probably want to tell tales best i think it's really great i've been hearing that so much recently which is strange because this game has been out for quite some time now just all of a sudden people are getting around to it and uh, I had yeah. I had started to yeah. stay away from the Telltale games just because of the whole the engine thing kind of does bug me a little bit. I, I feel like they probably it, yeah. should yeah. really have that down by now, especially with all the support that they're getting and they're just printing money basically. Right. Uh, but this Tales of the Border, I love Borderlands. My wife and I play Borderlands. We played through the first one. It was one of my first platinums that I got through, and then we're playing through the second one now. And I just love this. That I all love right. that universe. So I definitely want to. I want to check it out. I think you may have just convinced me that one of these days I'm going to. It's really good. I mean, take all the personality from the Borderlands games, like the mainline Borderlands games, and you just take out all the the shooting and the looting, and you're just you're just experiencing the characters and the story. Um, and they it, actually, when you describe they it like that, it sounds a few awful. Interesting <laughs> scenes. <laughs> It's like take out the funnest part of a Borderlands, and that's the game. Well, like, that's true. Hmm. That's true. No, but, but you'd I be totally surprised get it. at the way they, yeah. they they draw on the characters. Yeah, they do a good job. Um, it's really funny. Like genuinely sitting there in the quiet, got my headphones in, you know, plugged in my mm-hmm. controller, listening to it intently. Genuinely, every episode had at least one, if not multiple times, that I that I chuckled, even laughed out loud. Like really clever writing, fantastic delivery. Speaking of Chris Hardwick, he does a, a main character's voice. Um, and so it's it's really great. Can't recommend oh, that's that. That's awesome. Oh man, I'm definitely gonna have to check yeah. that out. So remind everybody once again, it's the the podcast is Fathers of the Grind. How do ever how does everybody find you on the on Twitter and uh, maybe if you want, you can share your PlayStation Network and all that kind of stuff too. Sure. Yeah. On Twitter, I'm at Tim underscore Nestor. 
and that's usually where I post stuff about our podcast as well. So you can follow me there if you're interested in checking out the show. We do have a YouTube channel. You'll just have to go on the YouTube and search for Fathers of the Grind because the URL is way too long to try to spell out for you. <laughs> Um, we do have a Facebook group, so if you just go on Facebook and search for Fathers of the Grind, it's a uh, it's a closed group, but you can find it on search. Just request to join, and we'll uh, we'll let you in. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, all sorts of RSS podcast feeds. Um, you can find our our show there as well. We we usually post every Sunday night, late night, so you can have it for your Monday morning commute. That's usually when I like to to listen to shows. Ah, that was and, my uh, idea. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, it's a good time slot. Uh, it's a good time slot. I'm right at where it's like I actually, right I cheers. actually like having mul- yeah, multiple shows showing up on that Monday morning I get to pick from. I like that. So then mm-hmm. then yeah, then I've got something to to get me through my I've got a 30 minute commute. So it gets me through my commute every day. And um let's see what else did you Oh yeah, you can find me on PlayStation Network as well as on Xbox Live. I have Xbox One as well. You can find me as Nestor Funk. N E S Love it. T E R F U N K. Nestor Funk. So I'm I'm on both of those systems. Uh, if you want to find me on PS4, I'm almost always playing Rocket League on there. Also trying out a few other games here and there, but Rocket League, and then on the Xbox One, also playing a little Rocket League, but also things like uh, uh, Forza Motorsport, Forza Six. Nice, um, yes. Horizons, and then um, what was the other one? I'm blanking out on the other Xbox One. Oh, games. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to friend you on that. So uh, I'm Sean Capri on on Xbox, but I'm still. This is so embarrassing. You're gonna get a friend request from Awesome Schlong on PlayStation. Uh, we're definitely gonna have. Have to you play. submitted that to Greg and Colin at, at PS? I love you. It was the first worst PSN on Beyond way back. I can't remember what episode number it was. I've got it saved somewhere here, but it was the first one. That's awesome. why they do it even now. Uh, yeah, I. Hey, I all had right, a horrible... look at you. Oh it, yeah, definitely. Like, a... oh, it was so funny. So really quick before we wrap things up. I submitted that uh, a couple days before, whenever the, the day that they recorded. I think it was on a Monday or Tuesday back then. And um, just all of a sudden, I hadn't listened to the podcast, but I had the PlayStation app on my phone. And just all of a sudden, I was getting friend request, friend request, friend request, friend request. I'm like, what happened? That's awesome. And then and then I download the podcast, and the title of the show is The Worst PlayStation Network Name. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so yeah, amazing. That, that definitely happened. I remember bringing in my my Xbox into work because we we're going to do a Christmas party and everybody wanted to play Rock Band. So I decided that that was a I would do that and realized that whenever my character would kind of take stage, it would say like player one, and then your username would show up in big bold letters. And like I work in an office, I work in a fairly <laughs> professional setting, and I'm like, there is no way. I'm having awesome right. schlong, like you know what I mean. So I I actually removed oh, my user account from Xbox at that point, and but we still wanted to play. But because I hadn't unlocked any of the songs, it was only like that first batch of songs that you had. <laughs> <laughs> and so everybody's like, "That so kind of sucks that there's in. only like ten songs." I didn't log back in. They 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 thought it was so weird that there was only ten or twelve songs. I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. That oh. is weird. I wish I knew what was going on." <laughs> I knew exactly yeah. what was going on. I would have on. made the same decision. D- diminish everyone's experience in the name of maintaining some kind of <laughs> dignity. <laughs> I would have done the same thing, I my friend. I thought of it that way. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quickly after no I paid worries. 10 bucks. I, I totally and... can relate. Oh, that is... Oh. <laughs> yep, I'm I'm sufficiently uh, discredited. Thank you. 
<laughs> that's that's so fantastic. Let me ask you one question real quick too. Yourself, um, what is what's your most anticipated game coming up next? I've been asking oh people this God. a lot recently. Now we got some big releases on the horizon. What's Kill. what's the one thing that you just cannot wait to get your hands on? I don't normally get like I haven't really had a game where I'm like I can't. You know when you're a kid and you literally cannot wait for like something whatever it was to happen like I back in the day I couldn't yep. wait for like my birthday cuz that's when we actually sure. rented a console we never really had too much uh we had PC gaming in our house we weren't allowed really to have consoles in the house so I could not wait and I would get irrationally excited about that I haven't had that in a really really long time uh of course uncharted I'm I can't believe it's next week um I'm nervous yep. about it yeah. a little bit I'm very excited about it but very recently I I jumped on the Gears of War 4 train. I played the beta and I'm like, oh yeah, I really love Gears of War. Um, but there's so many different things. I want to see how the, uh, the Shin Megami Tensei Crossfire Emblem game turns out on the Wii U. Um, yeah, that's I'm blanking here. Now, there's another yeah. one. Yeah, there's a couple. Persona 5 is another one I recently played. Persona 4 Golden on my, on my Vita. Yeah, so you're I'm sorry. Like JRPGs too. You're dropping Just recently. Ones. Just recently. Uh, Persona 4 okay, was one of the ones okay. that, yeah, I really started to get into, but I was more by proxy with, like, Final Fantasy 7. I would watch, I would watch friends play that more than, than I played it, cause I just, uh, I didn't get it. <laughs> and, and I wasn't able yeah. to play it for long enough. Those games were enormous, yeah, and I would I always remember. have, my console experiences were, were limited to, like, a weekend, either at a sleepover at somebody else's house, or whenever, uh, one, sure. um, me or my brothers had a birthday, we would rent the games from, blo- uh, the consoles from Blockbuster. So we would end up playing more games like on the SNES. We would play like UN Squadron and things like that. Um, yeah. But I think this year is going to be ridiculous. And and I'm always intrigued with what's going to surprise me because Ratchet & Clank really did surprise me. I was not excited about it. It seemed like it was just yet another remake, but it really caught it me did. off guard and I loved it. Star Fox didn't I am meh about. So I don't know. I guess that's part of the whole reason I'm not really too crazy over a lot of these different things, but definitely... Um, what's the other one? I'm going to give you one more and then I'll stop. This one is sort of, it doesn't really count because I think it just got pushed into 2017, but Horizon Zero Dawn looks unbelievable. I've been waiting for that game since the first screenshot that I saw. But how about you? Yeah, that that was probably my number one answer, but you're right. It sounds like it might not make it in 2016. I hope it does. I hope it does. I'd love for that to be the big fall game for me to look forward to, but... Um, so, I mean, if that one's, it's going to have to be Uncharted 4, you know, if that yeah. one doesn't make it. Um, there's a few others, though. Like, I've, I've got No Man's Sky reserved. And okay. You know, paid in full, waiting for that one. But I'm kind of like everybody else. If it had come out this past winter, maybe even last summer, if it had yeah. come out a little bit earlier, my hype level would have been through the roof. Now I'm just kind of like, all right, put it out. I want to, you know, I want to see it. Come on. Yeah, it's been too long for so, everybody to a crap bit. all over it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm excited for it. There were a few this year that already came out that I was extremely hyped for. Fire Emblem Fates. I'm loving that game. I'm w- very slowly working my way through it. Still, I don't find as much time for handhelds as I used to, but yeah, working my way through that one very slowly. And then Fire uh, Far Cry Primal was probably my surprise hit of the year for me oh, personally. Oh, so good one. Year. Yeah, and I, I gotta I get loved, my hands I was excited for it. I had not played Far Cry 4 until right around Christmas time. And then I just flew through that game and I, I had forgotten how amazing the Far Cry series was. And so as soon as I saw that Primal was coming out, I couldn't wait. I love that. Uh, I love the, I love the setting and the, uh, the stealth aspects. It was very, very cool. So, 
But I'm with you. Horizon probably looks like the best game if it comes out this year. It looks like the game that I'll be most excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, we could go we could go on and on, but I'll let you get back to Ratchet and Clank. Thank you so much, Tim, for being part of the show, man. Hey, thanks for inviting me. You're doing it right if you're dancing to the music and just feeling it flow through your veins. I had somebody tell me that that, that uh, neighbor Matt, shout out to neighbor Matt. Thank you for telling me that this song reminds you of a Capcom game because it definitely reminded me of Mega Man or something. It was this is a royalty free song that we're still listening to. It is faded. It's in the background. We're gonna just close out the show really nice. But not before we do shoutouts to Justin Masson, Steve Tilly, Noah Todd, Kaylee Woomer, Zyger, James and Josh from the Life of Gaming Podcast, Arctic Sloth from the PlayStation Report, Ray and Lee and Rebecca from the Nerd Overdrive Podcast, Bobby the Nintendo and the Geek Guru, Alan and Toby and Holly from the GeekCast, Brock from BrockDMcLaughlin.com, and Seamus from Australia. It's Seamus, the first one to do We the GamerCast. Special place in my heart. We're going to close this show out a little quicker than... Om- oh, before I forget, somebody please reminded me. Uh, I, I don't know how I almost forgot. When you're listening to this on Monday, new Call of Duty news. If any of you care about Call of Duty, I'm not a crazy fan, but I, for some reason when they do an announcement, I get excited. I You know, it's not like it's not going to happen every single year. It's probably on May 2nd every year. If somebody were to look, it's probably the same date. Um, it's just like clockwork. But nonetheless, I get excited. I think that, um, people like to hate on those games. But they're sort of making a lot of money for a good reason. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what they have to say. By the time you're listening to this, you probably already know. So just respond right now. I'll, let you, I'll, I'll Tell me, so what, what happened with the Call of Duty news this morning? Go ahead. Oh my goodness, I'm so surprised to hear that. Oh, thank you for telling me. That's great. That That's weird. Okay, so thank you so much to Tim for making time for today's show. And you guys should go check out all his stuff. Download his podcast, Fathers of the Grind. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, and it's on YouTube as well. Go join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash... Okay, Tim. I need... I don't want to throw you under the bus. Okay, go... Okay, first, guys... Just go to Facebook and search Fathers of the Grind because this URL is going to work on the WeTheNerdy.com page, okay? It'll be there. But for those keeners who can remember Pi to a Thousand Places, here it is. Facebook.com slash groups slash 16974185270045561. I didn't blink that whole time and my eyes are kind of watering right now. Um, go to YouTube, search Fathers of the Grind. Tim on Twitter is at Tim underscore Nestor on PlayStation Network. It's Nestor Funk. Xbox Live, Nestor Funk. Nintendo Network ID, Nestor Funk. I like your consistency. And send them an email, fathersofthegrind.com. You can send me an email at wethegamercast at wethenerdy.com. Let us both know how you think we did. You can raise on iTunes to do that too. So that's the show. Thank you so much, guys, for being here. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to be part of the show, remember, tweet at me, at Sean Capri, that's Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. And oh, a couple things on wethenerdy.com. If I seem a little distracted, it's because dinner is ready. 
<laughs> I'm so hungry. Uh, just to let you guys know, I've been on Weight Watchers for the last two weeks. I've lost seven pounds. I'm very proud of it. It's going great. But good lord. <laughs> I am so hungry. Okay, go to wethenerdy.com this week and check out John Newby's Hitman Episode 2 review. I think this might be better than the first, but go check it out, wethenerdy.com. And also check out Chad Waller. He's got a couple of reviews, one for the facts in the case of the departure of Miss Finch, and also a book review for The Raft going up probably Monday. And Gary Teru's got a retro review on Con Air, the movie. <laughs> the movie is awesome. Um, so go read that. Really, oh, I was in stitches just, just reading it. Otherwise, this is episode 27 of We The Gamer Cast. It's now in your ears. Thank you again for listening. I hope you all be back next week. And now it's time for Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!